0: We got word that there were two twins available for adoption in a foster care setting. They had been with the foster parents for about three years. They were probably taken historically best we can figure out at about a year and a half from birth mom. The twins went into a foster care setting where the foster parents were much older. Although (laughs) at that time I thought they were much older. Now they're younger. They were younger than I am now. Quite a bit. So, they went into this foster care setting, and the foster parents were, were good people. But they had a hard time disciplining. It was very difficult for them to discipline. Uh, tragically, um, their young son, at age 19, woke up one morning on a Saturday, not feeling good, and immediately, almost immediately, I best I could figure it out, it wasn't, wasn't more than a day, passed away. And so as a result, the young boy and young girl who were with them as foster children were very special. Very, very special. Sometimes what people do is they don't discipline. Discipline is the hard stuff of parenthood. It is. got to do what you don't want to do. And you got to watch the child be unhappy about it and not understand it. And you have to have the strength to say, I know what I'm doing is good. Well... They didn't do a whole lot of that. My first visit there, my son Johnny punches me in the face. Attempts to strangle my wife and had multiple eruptions, kicking the foster father. We left there after our first visit. My wife took me over to a local Burger King. Sit down to have a sandwich and she said to me, Ray, I think we might want to rethink this. At that time, we had four children. Family was kind of smooth and stable. Although the kids were little, they were six, five, three, and one. You're gonna slot two four-year-olds right in the in the mixed, in the mix. I said, "Honey, why you underthink this?" She goes, "I don't think the tax deductions are worth it." I say, "Honey, there's two tax deductions plus the credits." Well, <clears throat> bedtime bad times were big with Johnny. They just had a heck of a time getting this boy to stay in bed. You know, bedtime every night was a battle, it was a brawl. They'd lay with him, they do all kinds of things to try to settle him down. But, nonetheless, bedtime bad times were routine. So, <clears throat> among our first visits to our house, my wife says to me, Raymond, why don't you put the children to bed tonight, please? I said, honey, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you do it. I, I, I do not have time for that. I am writing a parenting book. And I'm working on the chapter about bedtimes. I don't have time. At which point she said, Raymond. Now that kind of sounded like my mother when my mother used to say it that way. And so I'm going to do what I'm told. So I said to the kids, come on, guys, let's go. Heading for bed. Now, everybody came running except Johnny. Johnny didn't move. Nug-a-bed. A little bit of a language delay. Now, at that time, I was heavy into weightlifting. Big, big interest in powerlifting. And I knew, and I think I believe to this day, I am stronger than any four-year-old in the whole world. The child is going to go to bed. Now, the question is, how much will he cooperate So I bent down, kind of like the uh, veterinarians tell you, don't tower over a wild animal. Let him smell your hand. Come on, son. We're heading for bed. And I put my hand on his bicep, and he could tell by my grip that this was, how shall we say, a non-negotiable psychological interface. I was attempting to set up a win-win scenario. Well, at that point, he wasn't about to cooperate. He falls out. Falls out. So I picked him up. And I carried him above my head. I wanted to convey an image. I'd been doing military presses in those days, so so his 43 pounds was not much. Besides, I had to have him off to the side because he was throwing such a fit. He was leaking out all kinds of body orifices, you know, snot and spit, and everything was coming all over the place. I got him to the top bunk. Well, it was actually not the top bunk. It was a lower bunk. And I put him in bed and I put my put my hands on his shoulders. And I said, Johnny, it's bedtime, son. I'm going to hold you here. You're not going to move until I decide you're going to stay. Now, he looked at me and you could tell he was thinking, I went from Disney World to the county jail. I held him. Couldn't move. Didn't hurt him. We'd already said prayers. We'd already brushed teeth. We'd already read the story. We'd already done the bedtime ritual. Time to go to bed. Now, at that point, we had 654431 in the house. I could not permit Johnny to roam around like this. It was not going to happen. So I was holding him. And I looked up at Andrew who was six. He was in the top bunk. and He's just watching this scenario unfold rather bemusedly. Andrew, would you talk to your brother, please? Johnny, if Daddy says go to bed, you better go to bed. I remember one time I didn't go to bed. You're not going to like what's going to happen, Johnny. You know that you think he leaves? He doesn't leave, Johnny. He goes out in the hallway, and he waits for you. He's not going to leave. He's not going to go anywhere. I said, Andrew, that's enough. You sound like Mom. Now, how long do you think I had to hold that boy before he went... (sighs) It was under a minute. Now, wait a minute, so to speak. How could that be? Here's a kid who resisted bed for three years. He resisted bed. Under a minute? And he's going to stay in bed? How? Is that because I'm such a great disciplinarian? No. Nah, my wife's a better disciplinarian than I am. I think he read me that I meant it. I was not bluffing. I was going to do this. If the foster parents had tried this, they, oh my, he'd gone crazy. He'd have battled them for the next two to three hours because his view of them was, you can't do this, you haven't been able to do it for three years, don't even think about it. With me, he knew I was going to be daddy. We'd visited many times. But he didn't quite know how to read this daddy. This daddy sure looked like he meant it. So Johnny stayed in bed. When the caseworker came, she said, "How how were the kids?" I said, "Oh, they were they were good. They were they were doing real good. Did you get John to stay in bed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, he uh, stayed both nights. Ray, would you um <clears throat> would you be willing to do a um a seminar or maybe some kind of training session?" For our workers and our foster parents, on um, how to get uh, similarly recalcitrant children to remain in bed. Uh, um, no, no, I, I, no, I don't think I can do that. Uh, the technique I used was a highly sophisticated psychological technique. You would not want to put that into the hands of rank amateurs. Johnny is now thirty one years old. He's a power lifter. I don't think I could hold him anywhere. He didn't want to be held anywhere. But back then when he was little he still laughed about it. He says, Dad, you remember? I go, Yeah, Johnny, but then you just got a little too strong. (laughs) What's the point? The point is, sometimes it's just perception of authority. It's not your technique, it's a perception. If the child perceives that you mean what you say, and you're going to follow through, then you don't generally have to put that much effort into it, because he has already accepted this person means it. If he believes this person doesn't mean it, that's when the trouble starts.